Amen. We are busy with our theme for this month. It's building a strong foundation to be fearless, radical, effective disciples. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm fearless. I'm radical. I'm an effective disciple. And now it's our responsibility to go make disciples. Amen. To reproduce fearless, fearless effective, radical disciples. Um, I sometimes, yeah, I'm too radical sometimes, but I told um, some of my staff up there, uh, I, I don't play. Heaven, heaven and hell is real if you want to know it or not, you know. If you are busy with things that you're not supposed to be busy with, I pray you out of relationships and I pray you out of nonsense and I, and I call you back into purpose. And then one said, well, she's going to get married and not tell me. I'm like, uh, um, God, you know, he likes to tell me some stuff. So I know, I know when I really pray for for people God sometimes shows me I, I had this lady I told her one time you're busy with nonsense she said no pastor not knowing that she was busy with nonsense and then God showed me to pray and 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 th that's what I did and thank God by the grace of God our purpose is always to restore back it's always to restore back people back to God. Amen. So that's why we are building a strong foundation. Our foundation is Jesus Christ. It's nothing else. If your life is not built on Jesus Christ and the Word of God, you are in serious trouble. Because when the storms of life come and when you face life, if it's not Jesus Christ, your life will fall apart. But if it's built on Jesus and Jesus alone, hear my heart this morning. You, it doesn't matter what you are facing, you will stay strong. I'm telling you, if, if, if there was people that were needed to go insane in this last few months, it was Loftal's people. Because we've lost so many lives. And even the mother of the church that passed away, you know, it was hard on the family, hard on the leadership. But we kept our, 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 our feet solid on Jesus Christ, our rock. Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Um, today, if you want to build a strong church, it is to get your first love back. Making God number one in your life. Loving Him with all of your heart, with your whole being. Everything that you are, everything that you have belongs to the Lord. Amen. And many people say, but why do you always speak on this? Because I've realized that other things is consuming and taking your time. It's taking God's time. And because it's taking your time and God's time, it becomes an idol in your life. Right? You cannot serve any other God but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you are spending more time on television, you are having a problem because that television is becoming your God. Huh? Some of you, Facebook is your God. Instagram is your God. Come on, your neighbor is your God because it's taking more time from God than what you are giving to Him. And I'm not here to put you under condemnation. I'm just telling it as it is. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 6 verses 5. And Jesus, uh, God spoke to Israel. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And then Matthew 22 verse 36 verses 40 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commandments um, hang all the laws and the prophets. Hang all the laws and the prophets. Now, if you if you ever read this book, it was um, published in 1995 by Gary Chapman. And it's called the five love languages, okay? And I'm not doing a, a marriage seminar here, but I just I'm going to take you somewhere. And I'm just building foundation quickly. And the first love language is gift. The second is quality time. And then it's acts of service, word of affirmation, and physical touch. And you know, God loves it when we give to Him because He loves a cheerful giver. He loves it when you spend time with Him because you need to make time with God, not only in corporate groups, but also alone. He loves um, your acts of service when you are busy with the things of God, not only the God of the things, but the things of God, telling people about God. But He also loves it when you, your words of affirmation, when you tell God how big and how strong He is, come on, and you tell God how good He is. I, I know there's a few people that can sing a hallelujah a praise this morning because God has been good to you this week. He has been good to you this morning. Just the fact that you are up and breathing say, God is such a good God because His mercies endure forever. Come on. And then there's a physical touch, you know, when you stretch out your arms and your hands and you just lift it up and you feel the presence of God and then it's when you touch heaven and heaven touched you. Come on. And that is, and that is what God, God is looking for. But we need to understand that God is a God that it doesn't only want your presence. He wants you to engage Him. Come on. He wants you to engage Him. He wants you to, to say, Lord, here I am. With everything, with my whole being. Because loving God motivates our every decision we make in life. Loving God, I'm going to say this again, motivates our every decision we make in life. Now, all of us, we have a love language. Mine is, I, my, my number one is to give and to receive gifts. It can be anything. I love it. Like sometimes they will just bring me a little flower and it's like, actually, you thought of me. But somebody else, like my daughter, me and Kayla's got the same love language. But Grace, then, her love language is quality time. Now, you can give her stuff and she appreciates it. But when I really go sit with her and really make time with her and engaging her, not just hearing what she is saying, but sitting and really give her my full attention, to her that means the world. Where others... Your love language can be something else. And, 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 and this writer, he claims that we can only receive in the love language that we, we want to receive, that we understand. Okay, that's what he's saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just repeating. Okay, but if you have to think about this, if we are created in the image and the likeness of God, what is God's love language? He loves you to give and He loves you to touch heaven and He loves you to engage and He loves, He loves all of that. But what is really, really, really God's love language? 
I'm going to get there. But 1 John 5 verses 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children as well. John is saying we, we do not become children of God by what we do. But we, can be, we become children of God in who we believe. Amen? It's not just a confession with your mouth. But it's a possession of your heart. Because many people, they confess with their mouth that they are children of God. But their heart and their lifestyle is not saying what their mouth is saying. But when you come to the place where you really engage and really come to that place where you say, Lord, I surrender myself to you. That is when you really open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to really live on the inside of you. Then it becomes an action. When you come to that place that you know that you know that you know, you will do, you will be, you will have everything God wants you to. Because you have surrendered. You become sensitive to what God wants. It means I cannot achieve God. I can only receive God. Because many people think it's just by my mouth and by my works. Yes, you do need to work. But when you receive God with your heart, change needs to happen in your life. There's an excitement that's coming up. If you're in love and, and if you... If you really love God and, and, and love somebody, you tell the whole world, you don't care what people think about you. Come on. You run with it. You are so crazy in love that you don't care if you have to walk a thousand miles after one person. You don't care about the money you spent. Come on. You don't care what time of night or day you, you have to show up or phone or whatever. You do it because there's passion in your heart. And that's why we think, if you think by what you do only, no, it's how you receive God. But God's love language is 1 John 5 verses 2 and 3. But by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. What does He say? God's love language is obedience. They say that obedience is better than sacrifice, right? But when you come to the place of obedience, that is the language God understands. Now, if you are a parent, and I always bring God back to the family. You know, I love it when my children do little things for me. Like Matthew, I have a way he will play games and sometimes he will come out of the room and he will just kiss me on my cheek and then he will go back. 
or, or Grayson will clean the kitchen or make coffee or whatever. Kayla then will do something. I love it. But you know what I love more? If I ask them to do something and they do it. But, you know, sometimes you have children that's not always angels, right? And if you ask them to do something, they've got 10,000 excuses why they cannot hang the washing or do something. They will get it from Noah's Ark right through. Now, by the time you start with, but mom, it feels I can already picture my fist going through your mouth. And making your front teeth as jewelry. Come on. And if we as a parent get aggravated because of our children being so awesome, how much more God? It doesn't mean I love my child less. Okay? But it just means that whatever you worship and love, you will obey. If you love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul, and you say you do, then it means you're going to step in that place of obedience. And many people think obedience is just being obedient when they can get something. Come on. I will be obedient because mommy said, if I keep my mouth shut for an hour, she's going to buy me sweeties. Come on. My mother said, if I get straight A's. Now, one time I was in America, I will never, ever forget it. And I will never do it again in my life. I don't remember what grade Matthew Luke were in. But, I mean, he was writing his exams. And as my friend, Asilia, still looked after him. And, and, I, and he wanted a tablet. And I said, okay, we will get you a tablet, but get straight A's. Now, that exam was the first and the last that he decided he's going to get 100% on all his subjects. <laughs> and this mama had to perform, right? Because he performed. Now, I had to perform. I had to bring the promise to the table. But what if it, if God said you need to be obedient when he takes you to the valley? What if God calls you to, uh, to obedience if he takes you to the furnace of fire? What is it when God calls you to obedience and you have to go through the storm? Will you still say, Lord, you are my solid rock. I'm going to be obedient to you. Or are you just have selective obedience? Come on. God calls disobedience rebellion. Yep. If you read your word, he calls disobedience rebellion. He wants you to be obedient in your finances. He wants you to be obedient in your relationships. He wants you to be obedient and to be obedient in every single area of your life. You cannot say yes to the things you like and no to the things you don't. Come on. But obedience is doing something that's not always fun. Will you be obedient? I, 
I'm, I used the example this morning and I said, if Marissa is not hungry and I called her to come and eat, but she loves KFC and I decided to buy KFC, and she just see that KFC chicken wings, whatever, spicy wings. And I tell her, Marissa, come and eat. She's not really hungry, but because she likes it, she will eat it because she's getting something out of it. But if I tell her, Marissa, go to Johannesburg, example. We don't want to go there now, right? And she says, but Paul, I don't want to go. And she really, in her heart, she doesn't want to go. But I tell her, you need to go. And then she goes, which one is more obedient? The one where she went even when she didn't want to do it? Or the one when she did it because she liked what was put before her? Obedience is when you, when God tells you to do something and you do it even if you don't want to do it. That is calling to the place of obedience. Not when you do something that because you can get something out of it. It doesn't work like that, church. It doesn't work like that. We need to rise up and understand the heartbeat of God. We need to rise up and understand God's love language. And if God says he wants us to be obedient, because when you are obedient, I can see that you truly love me. That means we need to go over to action of obedience. Come on. We obey because we love. Obedience is a journey. It's an everyday choice. And how you view God will ultimately be the way that you view your options. If you view God as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Almighty One, Die wat jou kan draf tot jy, hy wil jou straf en dan draf jy, daar ene. Not really, God doesn't do that. But the one that's just, the one that's love. If you say, and if you experience God like that, that is what you will give back to Him. A holy God, you will give holiness back to Him. And that's why it's important that you realize that your choice will always be to please Him. Because if God is not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. He cannot come second in your life. He, can, he cannot be an afterthought. He has to be all of it. Because when you place Him first and you bring Him to the place where He's number one, Everything else will fall into place in your life. Everything else will fall into place in your life. Come on. We are to love God with an exclusive love. Matthew 6 verse 24. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. 
It's God or God alone. Come on, exclusively. You need to make it, you, make, you need to make your relationship with God so holy. That you know nobody can touch it. Nobody can, 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 can take you away from it. I know there's certain times. This morning I was awake 4 o'clock already. And I knew this is my time with God. I couldn't let any distractions get me away from the presence and prayer that I need to do. Have you ever realized when you're trying to spend time with God, then suddenly you wonder, how is this one doing and how is that one doing? Come on, I know when you pray, you just focus. My mind goes all over the show. Then I have to bring my mind back to where I'm at. Busy with the things of God. The telephone or, 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 or the, the, the dark never bothered you until, until you had to pray. And then suddenly you are very concerned if the dog gets cold or not. Come on. Yeah, that dog of, of Graceland, I almost said of mine. No other God can have your attention like God himself. If God is not pleased, how can your soul be pleased? Come on. I told you just now when we started to speak in the office that I started, I said, well, I'm praying some boyfriends away and I'm praying some some stuff away out of people's lives because I can see it's taking center of their life and I don't care about your love life if you're not married honey I care about your soul you can cry for a moment but live in heaven for a lifetime then die eternally eternity come on our strength must be spent. Our energy must be spent on God. You know, if you spend time with God, you get energized. Like if I start my day off right, I'm energized for the rest of the day. But if I cannot pray before my day starts, oh Jesus, you don't want to be close to me. Number two, we are to love God with a surpassing love. Matthew 10 verse 37 and 39. He who loves the father, uh, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who, who does not um, take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. What does it mean? Place God first. Place, place God first. Love God more than your family. God doesn't say you need to neglect your family. You need to love Him. Because if you are excellent in the love of God, of course you will take care of your family. Of course you will take care of the things that are concerning you. But if you place God first, you cannot stop the work of God because of your family. You cannot not worship God because of your family. Now, I didn't want to come to church this morning because my mom said she um, is busy with God in her room. And like now you have all these excuses. Get your excuses out of the way. 
I'm telling you and I'm saying this and I'm saying this over live stream and I can see you surely maybe get in trouble by saying this. But there's so many people that say it's not time for the church anymore and God, the time of the church is over. Let me tell you, the time of the church will only be over after Jesus came to get his children. If it's not the rapture, honey, he still believed in the body of Christ. The church is still important. It's so important that Revelation 1 to 3 is all about the church. And only after the rapture, God stops, uh, uh, John stops writing about the church. But because we are in a place of comfort, we use our excuses and our heavenly revolutions, not revelations, to fit our schedule. But if you make your schedule and God is not first, you have a serious problem. And then God's children. God is saying through the scripture, He says, you love me, then you love your neighbor. The second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. Do you know that God loved people so much that if He who touched to hurt them, the Bible calls you wicked? Do you know that? If I say something about Gwen that will change Adele's mind towards her, God hates it. He hates it. He calls you wicked. He doesn't call a lot of things wicked, but he calls when you touch his children, if you are a preacher or just an ordinary person, he will he calls you wicked. You don't touch the anointed of God. Who is the anointed of God? All of you. Not just the man of the hour with no flower. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a rhymer, so don't go there. But you need to understand that God is so serious about us loving Him and us loving people. Because He knows if you can't love Him, if you say you love Him that you can't see and you are not loving the person that you can see, how can you say you love Him that you can't see? Can I do another holy cow quickly? If you're a racist, I'm questioning your Christianity. I'm leaving it there. But when you come to the place where you really say, Lord, I want to obey your word. I want to obey everything that you want me to obey. My first question is, why are you still sitting and not bringing in the harvest? The great commission of the great commandment was, go ye into the world and make disciples. He is sending us, but we are sitting in our own comfort. The world is dying out there. The country is in a mess. You know why the nations of the world is in a mess? It's because the church world is in a mess. Because whatever happens in the world is a reflection on the church. But do you know what is still keeping um, um, things in place? It's the church. Satan cannot take over the world because of the church. And as long as me, as I'm here and you are here, as we are here and live stream people that's watching are here, 
We still are the main force to take over this world. We are still called to make a difference and breathe a difference in this world. More than ever, God has called us to build kingdom. A fearless kingdom. An army that will say we will stand up. You know, I said it at leadership. We have all these petitions to sign, but nobody is willing to to say, listen, let's, let's just go to government and tell them what's right. South Africa is in the same mess as America. They want to tell us what to preach, what to say, and what not to say. And I'm sorry. I told, I think, Gonzalo, somebody, I need to practice to wear orange. What is the jail colors? Because I think I'm going to end up like in trouble many times for what I say because I only speak Bible. And if I cannot speak what is true, what can I say? Because I'm working with destiny. We are working with destiny. Your destiny is important. For me, it's more important to get you into the kingdom of God and live a right life and be effective and be a disciple of the Most High God than than to care about what should I say and what shouldn't I say. Come on. I get a lot of questions. And I always say, with all the questions I get, you hate the sin, but you love the sinner. And that means that I'm going to tell you, I'm going to love you. I will love you. But I don't have to agree with you. And I'm not going to judge you. Because I will leave that for God, but I will help you. And bringing you back to the Word of God, the guideline of our life. This is our lifeline, people. You can measure anything by the Word. The only thing this Word doesn't tell you to do is how to fix a car. You need to love God. Surpassing everything else. My children know, and I've raised them from a little age, because we go places sometimes where they get confused with what nationality I'm, I am and what nationality. And I think it's a dark hair. I'm going blonde again. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just changing my hair color because if I'm not Mexican, and I, if you know Mexican, they've got a dark skin, then I'm from some other Asian country. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm just proudly South African. But the thing is, we go into areas that is dangerous sometimes, religious-wise. If you preach Jesus, you can get killed. And our children know I, I've raised them. If you have to choose between life and Jesus, you choose Jesus no matter what. If you have to choose between your mother and Jesus, it will always be Jesus. Come on, there's no compromise about it. There's no compromise about about what we stand for. Because I stand for for what I believe, and I believe with my whole heart that Jesus died on the cross for me, and He has risen from the dead. The greatest example of love. I believe more than ever on the Holy Spirit and His power. 
I believe in God the Father, the great I am. He's not love. He's not, he doesn't have it. He is love. So when you show love to people, what happens? God is manifesting on the face of the earth. More than ever, church, we need to rise up in obedience. We are to love God with obedient love. Where you call Him into your business, where you call Him into your situation, where you become so sensitive to the voice of God, where you will die to yourself and say, Lord, I will not move unless you move. And sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. I'm not calling you to an easy life. I'm calling you to obedient Christianity, obedient walk of God. Because if it was easy, everybody would have been safe, delivered, and set free. Come on. I don't preach a lie. I pre- a, a, a lie Christianity to come to Jesus and your life is going to be all that in a bag of chips. We can add a Coke to it if we want to. Come on. That's Burger King's advertisement. No, I'm telling you. You will go through fire and you will go through water. You will go through storms and you will face the lion's den and you will be thrown into a pit and all kinds of crazy things will happen to you. But guess what? You will not be alone anymore because He is with you. And if He is with you, what can be against you? If you walk in that obedience, even if people talk about you, lie on you, rejects you it's okay the same people will come back for advice when you come to the place of abundance I've seen it for Dr. Gustav's life there was a time that he had to walk alone and nobody believed in what God told him but as soon as God rewarded the same people that rejected came and said, what did you do? I've been obedient. I've been seeking God. I've been busy with God's business. Come on, church. You all have greatness on the inside of you. You are flame carriers. You are love carriers. It's time to manifest on the face of the earth. Let's close our eyes. And if the parents of Monique de Beer can just get ready to dedicate the baby. Father God, we come and we say we surrender all to you. Thank you for calling us in such a great love, a love of obedience. Thank you that we understand your love language. And your love language is to be obedient because we know if we're not obedient, we are disobedience. And disobedience is a sign of rebellion, Father. And we're not people of rebellion, but we are people that want to do what you want us to do. We know if we are lacking obedience, somebody out there can die. Somebody out there can miss their miracle, Father. Somebody out there can miss you because of, of 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 disobedience but when we are obedient father we know that this world this country can be changed and set free and delivered and healed we thank you jesus
Let's just lift up your hands. We heal to your spirit. We heal to your spirit, Jesus. Show us your way more than ever, Father. Show us your way more than ever, Father. Thank you that you have chosen us for a time such as this. That you have chosen us to make a difference and be the difference. That you have chosen us to be to be manifested love on the earth, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you are here this morning and you're not saved, you need Jesus. I want you not to move. I want you to see us afterwards so that we can pray with you. If you are sick in this place, we want to pray with you. I believe that is our culture, is prayer. Pray for the sick and get people delivered and set free. Amen. But I want uh, Monique to be here. If you guys can come. Matthew 9 verses 14. Can I please have Salome? Can you guys come? Bru Ryan, Ashley. Here are two more menses. Come. Just surround them. Matthew 19 verses 14 says, But Jesus said, Allow the little children to come to, to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Today on the 27th of June, we dedicate Monique to be here to Jesus Christ. That this day will be a day of remembrance. When Monique is sick or Satan tries to attack her and bring her off, of course, we can bring this day before God. Mom, look at me. This child has such a, a, a great calling upon her life. It brings so much joy. You're a joy bringer. You're a joy bringer. I speak every talent that's on the inside of you. We call it forth in Jesus' name. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That the blood of Jesus is over you, Monique. I pray right now, and I even pray for your mom for so much wisdom when she raises you. That she will see God in every way concerning your life. That she will know that God is for you and not against you. You are the head and not the tail. You are a champion. Even from a small age, you're a champion. And you are the light of the world. I can see even when she walks into places, she brings light. Sometimes you're going to say, oh Lord, that's my daughter again. You know. But she was not created to be hidden. She was created to stand out. And I'm going to call Salome just to release also a prayer over her. Amen.
just stretch our hands. Congregation, remember, it takes a village to raise a child. We are all responsible for the children we are dedicating. Amen. Let's stretch our hands. Father God, I thank you for this little girl. Father, I thank you that she's called as an Esther for such a time as this, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you will raise her up to, 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 as a protector of the nations, Father. That you are raising her up as a princess, a queen, standing tall and, and strong before her accusers, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you will raise her up to be a warrior and that you are the one that will strengthen her, Father God, and protect her in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you have not given her a spirit that is fearful, but that she will be strong in what she does, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So Salankenia say, Amina, Amina, Amina. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock, tune in with Dr. Gustav um, tonight, 6 o'clock. And I want, really want to give you homework for the week. Tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Tell somebody about Jesus. Make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. Let's stand up. Remember, it's Usher's meeting. I'm going to ask Brother Ryan just to end the service. Thank you, Father God, for this word this morning in the name of Jesus. Love a word, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for everlasting love, for love that's unconditional, Father, in the name of Jesus. Um, Father God, you didn't give us a spirit of fear, Father, but love, power, and a sound mind. And thank you for a sound mind this morning, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.